Basal. Hi, Jolene. Sal just told me that we're putting out our 100th episode. Yes. Are you sure it's 100 episodes? Well, we've done more episodes, but I don't count the interviews or the ones we do at conventions. Wow, that's a lot. So it's 100. I thought you'd get tired of doing this after a couple of weeks. <laughs> I want I to still be sitting here talking, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> kind of fun. Exploring the mind of my husband yes so we'd just like to thank everybody that listened to us has listened to us shares our podcast with other people uh, with their friends we would really appreciate it if you share our episodes our podcast with your friends and get as many people listening to our podcast as possible i guess that solves the uh, advertising pitch <laughs> advertising no but we have listeners all over of you know most of them we can kind of account for being somebody we know our friends or family most of our relationship is in California. We're in California. But we have people listening in Florida, New York, Illinois. Texas also. Texas? But we know someone in Texas. Yes. So. Carolina, Colorado. South Carolina. I have cousins in Colorado, but I don't know if that's the people listening. <laughs> and, then, and then across the world, we have people listening in Ireland. England. England. I don't know. Belarus. How Belarus. Is that how you say it? Yes. yes. Hong um, Kong, and then Singapore. There's the- there's a, there's a couple places that I'm I'm not sure if they're real people or just bots, but um, <laughs> there's a couple of Ukrainians out Ukrainian. there. Ukrainian, yes. Oh, Australia, New South Wales. We have people listening to New South. Saul Wales. actually has a friend that lives in New South Wales. So, but she's from high school, and I don't think she's a gamer. No, not at all. And uh, New but Zealand. But I told him it could be her. All across the world, we have people listening. That's cool. That's pretty neat. But we would just like to thank you to everybody who listens. We really appreciate it. We're doing this just as a fun hobby kind of thing and to you know promote the hobby that we really like role-playing games and board games but mainly role-playing games on this podcast so thanks for listening thank you for listening on to the show good morning this is gaming perspectives with saul and jolene and today we're talking about paranoia the rpg a role-playing game of a darkly humorous future so i'm gonna take you way back in the way back machine <laughs> jolene hates it when i go into my stories of my childhood. <laughs> so in 1984, I had an after-school job, and I was a junior in high school. Okay, and I lived in Salinas, a small agricultural town in the middle of California. Central Coast, California, near Monterey. Anyway, uh, some of you might have known where I'm from. Anyway, for summers, I would come to San Jose and live with my sister for the summer and work a job here. Uh, my brother had a my brother-in-law had a machine shop. I worked with my brother at Memorex, uh, which was a, a tape-making company. They used to make tape. And so I, I would come over here and have a good time. Salinas is, I call it like San Francisco or the Central Coast. It's it's usually foggy in the morning, overcast. And then if we're lucky, Salinas would have a break between 10 and 3 o'clock of sunshine. And then the marine layer would come back in and it'd be dreary. That's if we were lucky. So if people think it's sunny in Salinas, no, it's not sunny in Salinas. I come to San Jose for a good time and to see the sun and work. Luckily, right around the corner from my sister's house was the NJ Hobby and the game table in downtown Campbell. And I remember going there to both places and then the, the, I saw it at the box set at uh, the game table. And I picked it up and I'm like, Wow, what the heck is this? And I had never heard of West End Games. And so I looked at the back of the box and it said what Jolene described, a RPG of darkly humorous future. And I read the back and it and it talked about 
this craziness of what it was. And and it did, what caught my eye was serve the computer. The computer is your friend. And so I, I thought I had to have it and I bought it. So I spent the next, the whole summer reading it, looking at it, looking at the rules and wanting to run it, right? I definitely wanted to play it. And uh, but the problem was it was 1984. My friends uh, were really into D&D. I did get them to start playing space opera after a lot of begging and pleading and asking. So they finally broke down and played space opera with me. And then here I am with a new game that was kind of strange, right? And so like, you've been doing this your whole life. I have been doing my whole life, really. Well, my whole gaming life, I should say. Trying to get people to play new games with them. Right. So it was real, really weird because the, the the problem I had was when I was when I was reading the rules, and even though it, it was it was extremely satirical and tongue in cheek and all this other stuff, I still thought of it as running it as a straight laced science fiction game. You know that you would run a mission, you would go do the mission and get rewarded and go up in levels because you always start at this low level at low levels. In paranoia, that's red. Right. Because you've been promoted from infrared. <laughs> yes. So what is paranoia, right? What is paranoia? Uh, the first publication was 1984. So I was an early adopter. Okay, so the characters live in Alpha City, an old underground uh, city run by a benevolent computer. Actually, the computer has some kind of malfunction and is insane, but we won't discuss that well, because yeah. the computer is your friend. Yes. Well, I was going to say... Uh, Benevolent computer, but no, not really. The computer is bad crap crazy. In the meta of the game, in the story of the game, it's sometime in the future. and the It's the year 214. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. The I... computer's 214th year. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That I don't, didn't know. 214. Yeah, I read it right here. It oh. says, welcome to the year 214 of the computer. Ah. So at, at one point, the computer data banks get damaged right but i think it's a, either a natural earthquake or a comet hits the earth and in this underground city it gets damaged so it starts looking for a uh, a reason of, of you know, what happened you know and so it goes back in, in its historical data banks and documents and it discovers the the red scare of 1950s right <laughs> and, and hilarity ensues. and so yes yeah, so obviously it's the commies that are attacking the base, right? attacking the city. It reads all these documents about the Red Scare and how the commies are infiltrating and are going to try to destroy the, the, the civilization. And so it takes it to heart and it sees commies and threats everywhere. Unfortunately for the citizens of Alpha City, Alpha Complex, it's just crazy. The populace is, is what is uh, stratified by... By colors. By colors. So the lowest level is the infrared yes which everybody wears black and they're the pros they're like the total drones workers dull-minded uh, uh, people that that do the work of alpha complex the lowest type of work and then everybody is assigned to a uh, a service group and the service groups are like cpu they work on the computers and, and software and then there's the people who are in logistics and production and uh, you know, so they have all kinds of different uh, service groups, and everybody, uh, all the player characters, are you know belong to one of the service groups, which you know they they have their own agenda sometimes. And then, uh, being a mutant, there's mute people who are mutants, and being a mutant is a treasonous offense, and 
you can be instantly killed, killed, uh, disintegrated for being a mutant. And if you are a player character, you are a mutant. Uh, also, there's secret societies who either want to destroy the the alpha complex or society or change it in some way. There's the anarch- anarchist. There's the people who believe that the that everybody should just become a a, a robot, an automaton, because that's the the highest level of 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 sentience that could be. And there's all kinds of crazy ones. And belonging to a secret society is, of course, treasonous. And of course, as a player character, you belong. To a secret secret society. society. So you're doubly messed up, right? So along with you being a service group, which has its agenda, you being a mutant, which you should try to keep secret as much as possible, and belong to secret society, which also has agenda and stuff like that. So what do you do? What do you do in this game? The computer hires you or assigns you to go and find traitors. Right. Or send you on missions. Missions, yes. Right. And so what happens is is you're basically uh, infrared wearing black all the time, doing your dullard work, and you get promoted to red, red, right? And you get promoted by turning in somebody and getting them disintegrated for being a traitor. So being that you are a good citizen, you become you get promoted to uh, red, which is the lowest level. And the way you can keep track of the levels is the, what do they call it? Roy G. Biv. Right, which is, I forget what it's called, but... It's a it's a way of easily remembering. It's an acronym. The, uh, the color spectrum yes. of the uh, the color spectrum, which is what, red, orange, orange, yellow, green, green, blue, uh, indigo, indigo. Yeah, Roy G. Biv, yeah. blue, indigo, violet, violet, ultraviolet. ultraviolet. Yeah. So ultraviolet. So those are all the colors, and ultraviolet is is everybody's the highest is the highest level. level, and they dress in white. And the lowest level is infrared, and you, they're all dressed in black. And when you're promoted to red, you get to have a red suit that, that signifies your rank. And the thing is, is that you're only allowed in areas that have your clearance level, because it's like your security clearance level. So you're only allowed to go into red sections, uh, of course, or lower, which is the infra- infrared. So this is a very stratified, very paranoid world. And you're also a clone, or you're... right in the original. They use clones, right? So you were born, you were, you were you lived with your clone family, which was a clone of six, because they felt felt that after that, the making a clone would, would degrade your clone, and would you know you get dumber, your clone would be dumb, dumber and dumber and, and stuff like that. So the only useful ones were the first six. So you lived in this group of six clones of yours, and uh, your when you get raised to red. red security clearance level and then the game starts when you become promoted and you become a troubleshooter so a troubleshooter uh, is the computer in its infinite wisdom uh, gets a bunch of people together called troubleshooters from different even from different uh, sections sections of uh, the city uh, yeah different sections of the city and different service groups to go on a mission and of course the computer knows best so it you're specifically picked for your excellent skills and knowledge right so the missions can be really are really sometimes uh nonsensical because the computer is like i said a little bit cracked and so and so that's what the game is about it's about you being sent a a troubleshooter team kind of like an adventuring group you know you put together by the computer in this case and sent on a mission you don't know each other Oh yeah, you may not know. And you're paranoid that they're all insane. Right. Or try to kill you. Or they belong to a secret society. (laughs) Because everybody does. Because you belong to a secret society. They might be. But the thing is, you just can't go around 
disintegrating people and killing them, you have to have reasons, right? Just imagine Saul trying to play this game straight and his friends making their characters and discovering that's not how you play yes. it. At the very beginning of the adventure, they're sent. They have to get to this the person to give them the more information, right? Some high-level person. And so they all meet at a uh, subway tube, for lack of a better term, a subway terminal. And somebody says something to one player, says something innocuous to another player, and the other player reads it like, like it's something that might be offensive, right? And so he's immediately questioned as a traitor. Those two, those three players, the two players are getting into an argument about who's a traitor. No, you're a traitor. You're a traitor. So one of them doesn't want any part of this. So he jumps into the into the pit of where the the subway the car car comes. You know, like like the New York subway the, off the platform. And sure enough, the other two players pull out their pistols and start firing at each other. One of them finally kills the other player character then the subway starts coming the the subway car starts coming so the player can't get out of the pit because it's too far down so the other player goes up to him and he goes hey you know you're gonna help me up and then the other player goes uh you showed cowardice to the computer uh, you deserve to die so he pulls out his pistol and shoots him and, kills him. and then the train comes and smashes him in my brain i'm thinking what are you guys doing you guys haven't gotten to the guy who's going to give you the mission but they were playing it the way they're supposed to play it's this wacky you know, you take, you got to choose your words carefully about what you say. And, you know, because it's a role-playing game. And, you know, anything that could be taken out of context or anything that could be reversed in meaning could be grounds for suspicion of being a traitor or having treasonous thoughts. So as soon as, soon as I let go of my, kind of my stodgy way of looking at the game, it went a lot faster. It was a lot more fun. And it was just crazy mess. One of the things that when you make a character, you have these, what do they call them, ticks. And some of the ticks are just hilarious, and you have to play it as if you as if you have those ticks, right? So one of, those, like, one of the ticks you could have is that you have to have the exact count of everything. So just imagine you're in a, in a setting, and, and someone says, Gunther R. says, I think we're outnumbered. And this person with this tick says, of course we're outnumbered. Why, there must be, wait a second, I'll check, one two, three, four, ah, because he got shot and killed, right? Because he had to stand up and do it. So uh, one of them was, they're hilarious things. Like you have to repeat back everything as if it's a question. Uh, and and so can you imagine someone saying something and you're repeating it back to them as if it's so a jo- question? So Jolene thought it was especially uh, interesting that, that that's a tick because she says that I do that a lot when people tell me something. I always repeat it back to them like a question. He always does. <laughs> but maybe because I don't understand what I, I want to make sure that I understand what you're saying. Flank them on the right side. Flank them on the right side. <laughs> so the first edition came out, and then there was the second edition, which kind of fixed a couple of the things and they changed the rules a little bit. I didn't play the second edition. I only ran the first one, and then uh, at some point they came out with fifth edition, which was terribly reviewed and terribly. It came across very terrible for some reason. I didn't have it. I didn't buy it. What happened to the third through fourth editions? Well, it was a joke. When I, got it. I got it. I got it. It was actually the third edition. So then years later, I was at a, probably at another, obviously I was at another game store. But he and, can't remember which one. No. And it came out with... Uh, Paranoia XP. XP. So XP, if, if anybody's old enough to remember Windows uh, back when it was, I forget what, what it was, Windows NT or NT32 or something like that. Then it came with Millennium 
and all these other ones. And then they came out with the, which was a pretty workable software. What's it called? XP. Yeah. The only problem is that they sued Paranoia. Microsoft sued them for using XP in yes, their title. Yes, it's hilarious. So, so a big, huge international conglomerate <laughs> software company. Sued Paranoia. Sued Paranoia. West End Games. And that wasn't West End Games. That that. Was, no, it, West End Games had gone bankrupt then. It was Mongoose Publishing. Right. So the interesting thing is what happened with that is, uh, just a little history, is that the creators of the original game uh, really didn't like or weren't part of the fifth edition, which is actually the third edition. And after that, West End Games went out of business, uh, went bankrupt. And so the the original creators were able to pull enough money and buy back the rights to the game that they had invented. And so then they went out and found Mongoose to publish their books. So they called it Windows XP. So they were immediately sued. Paranoia XP. Oh, Paranoia XP, not Windows XP. But Windows, I mean, uh, Microsoft sued them. And so they had to take the XP off the off the game books. Of course, Saul has the books that actually have XP on them. That's pretty funny. Which, I mean, I, pretty which I didn't know they got sued. I was... I was uh, quite. Uh, they surprised. did. It, they did put in there, and specifically in this in this edition, that there's three ways to play it. You can play yes. Zap, which is basically totally slam. Totally stick, crazy. It's anarchy. like Bugs Bunny cartoon. And then there's the classic way, or you can actually try to play it straight. Yes. Which is really I don't I don't know that you can play Paranoia yeah. straight because you're always paranoid and people are always going to try well, to kill you. Well, I think straight would be more like like Logan's Run. Yeah. Right where where everybody's paranoid and and but it's serious, sort of serious, I guess. And the classic is just this crazy anything, not anything goes, but it's kind of zany. Uh, it's darkly humorous, and you're trying to survive, right? Yes. You know because the computer's going to send you on these wacky missions that usually it has to do with going to somebody higher up and either finding out something or or seeing if they're a traitor or trying to protect them from something, right? right? Correct. Also, when you are sent on a mission, you usually you're given this like a message on your computer screen that tells you you're needed uh, for this wonderful service for the computer, and you have to go somewhere to get talk to somebody that's going to give you the most more information. And it's usually some higher up persons of higher security clearance level, obviously, and. Uh, you know, because the computer is crazy, a lot of people in higher security clearances, you know, are working their own game, right? They're doing their, they're like warlords of this of the city, right? Or they own, they're more like maybe street gangs or something like that is a better term. They have their own turf and they have wars with other people of a higher rank or similar rank. And so there's all this, you know, what do you call it? This vibe for territory, for power, for prestige. And everything else, right? So you're so. also given a laser pistol, <laughs> but it yes. won't kill anybody who's a higher level than right. you, right? Because it's color coded, right? So one of the things is like I remember in one of the original adventures is that one a couple of the characters out of five pre-generated characters, you know, because the barrels screw in like a silencer, right? And so it will shoot that different color laser and be able to hit and damage anything below that level right so this one character or a couple of characters had and and the, and the lasers would and the barrels would burn out after five shots or something like that a couple of characters had green lasers uh, barrels right you go you have two green barrel lasers lasers right and uh and so which is treasonous right because you're not supposed to have anything above your color above your color so 
So if anybody else saw you with the green laser barrel, you would be you know treasonous. But what's funny is like there's this one classic comical tale of paranoia where five people walk into the elevator and all of a sudden the lights go out, right? And there's fire, shoo, 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 you know, inside, you know, they start firing each other. And then when the the elevator doors open, two guys walk out and there's three people laying dead and just, just, just kind of look at each other and they just keep walking. And then, you know, that, that, that's, that's the classical uh, situation in, uh, in paranoia. So what happens when you die? Your clone comes along? Right. Does he just the, pop back into you? No, no. They send. And see, that was the problem with the original rules, is that the the clone would have to be sent to you, right? And it and it would only have the the last memory uh, dump, or you want to call it the download of a certain point. So it w- wouldn't remember how it got killed. It would just remember like ten minutes before you got killed, or whatever, or the last time you went into a, a download uh, tube or or booth. So so depending on when you got downloaded, which could cause problems, and so the the new clone would come in, which is a player character, and the only difference on the character sheet would be that instead of number one, you'd be number two. You'd be number two. Which brings me to the naming. The naming convention, yes. The naming convention is is very weird and and satirical. You take a, a nickname. You take a name. A name. Whatever name you want. And then you have your color. The color, which if you're if you're R beginning is going to be R, R. R. And then you have your your location where you were born or what the part of the city that you're in. Just make up three letters in capitals of well, that's that, your last. That's supposed to be where you. Where oh, is that what it where is? Where you're from, but you don't have to be from the same place as you are now. So so you get names like Ann R Key. <laughs> one. <laughs> one, because you're the first one. Or there's some really weird names. So, um, so the I, the whole point is, is to make the name funny, right? So there's a lot of examples in the book, uh, sprinkled throughout the both books, uh, all the books, of the world that that the characters live in, right? This this super uh, paranoid, crazy world where you know you don't want to get you don't want to be accused of being a, a traitor, and you don't want to have the uh, what is it? You don't want to get killed, and you try to play and say things. The less you say, the better, I think, right? And, you know, if you really want to try to stay alive, because almost anything can be, you know, turned around and made an accusation yes. at you, right? Action or inaction. Could when you're be. working for a crazy computer, you know, you got uh, some. Yes, I ran this game for a few years. There were mainly just one shots. I I ran adventures that were included in the game, or I bought a. a I bought a, a couple of scenarios that were available for Paranoia, and uh, they were, you know, very, you know, they were pretty fun. It wasn't a game that really took off with my group. We didn't play it all the time. We played it just a few times, and you know, which was kind of sad for me because I really liked running it. I really, I would really like to play it, but I didn't get to play it till years later. I would say with probably like ten years ago, maybe even more. Uh, I went to Big Bag Con when it was at the Oakland Hyatt, and Ezra ran a game of Paranoia. Now, Ezra is a he's a funny guy. He's an excellent GM. We have him. We have interviewed him uh, before we went to Dungeon Con last year, I believe. So you know, find it on the on our podcast anyway. list. And he ran a fantastic game. It was hilarious. It was zany. It was. 
you know, we were in a laundromat trying to play chess or something like that. Craziness was going on. There was a a, a mad a machine had gone crazy and was making suds everywhere. We were slipping and sliding, trying to shoot each other, kill things. Things were trying to kill us. Robots were coming out and trying to clean us. Clean us. Euphemism for killing. And so it was just a crazy, crazy game. And I really liked it. I mean, it was one of the one of the funniest games I've ever played in. And he's a great GM. So another game uh, before that, I remember we went to DungeonCon years ago. This is 18 years ago. And I remember Kathy wanted to play a game, and an RPG. And I told her, oh, you've got to play this uh, RPG called Paranoia. And she goes, and I described it to her. She goes, okay, I'll, I'll give it a chance. But she wanted, she didn't want to go to the game alone. She wanted me to go with her because it was the first time she ever played at a con game. And I'm like, okay, I'll go with you. But, you know, I, I, I tried to get in the game, but, I, you know, I didn't, get, I didn't get in, made it past the shuffler. So they had all kinds of people there. And this guy, you know, describes the world real quick. And then, he did, and then you know, and everybody has their characters. And then I'm just there watching. I'm just, oh, I'm just here to watch the game. She's a little nervous about playing this game. First time playing. He goes, oh, great. The GM was really good. He was really funny. And... The mission was to deliver this critical package. Package. It was super critical, and so he he underneath the table he pulls out a pizza box. It's a greasy old pizza box. It looks like it's been, you know, it was old, and it was like it wasn't flat like you know holding a pizza. It was like there was a big bulge in the middle, and then he had tied it down with some cord, like not cord. What do you call it? Tape. Uh, not tape. Yeah, cord or, or a string. string. He had stringed it together like a package, right? So it was held together. And it was this big old bulge. And you couldn't really tell what it was. But it was ticking, right? It was literally had a ticking. It was, it was, it was, it was, it probably was an old type alarm clock. You know, the one with the little bells. It was ticking. It. And so, so somebody goes, is that a pizza? Right? And then everybody out in true paranoia fashion, they look at him and they're going, how do you know it's a pizza? I never even heard of a pizza. Is that beyond your your uh, security clearance? So he didn't last another five seconds as five other people shot him to death. So then, so then, so then somebody was like, well, was very curious about the box. He picks it up and he puts it to his ear and he goes, "Is it is it really ticking?" And then the GM goes, "What you see is what you get. What you have." And he goes, "Oh," and he was gonna say, "I think it's a you know, a bomb," but you know he he didn't want to get shot. <laughs> So he he saved himself. He goes, I think it, and he goes, it's very important that we get to this, to where it needs to go quickly. <laughs> After a f- of like 10 minutes or 15 minutes of watching this, it was a he- very funny game. And I left the game and Kathy stayed and she said she had a blast playing. And uh, I, f- I should have remembered this guy's name, but it's been so long ago. I don't know. But it was, uh, but she really enjoyed it. And the guy was really good. I wish I would have remembered his name and, hopefully try to get into a game later but never did but anyway so it is especially a fun game if the gm is really quick very good at spontaneous events so very good improv skills and ezra when i play with him he's very good at improv improvisation and so you know you really have to be thinking on your feet as a gm because your players uh because it's such a zany game they're gonna come at you with all kinds of different ideas they're gonna you know, they're just going to be crazy. And that's one of the weirdest parts of, that's the hardest parts of trying to deal with, 
with the situation as a GM is when people are coming after you know at you with crazy ideas out of left field and you have to respond to them you know in a quick manner. That's every GM's problem, you know, not problem, but situation. But in paranoia, it's even more so because of the because of the type of game that it is. Paranoia, you should definitely try it. You can get the PDFs right on Drive Through RPG. I'm sure you can. Yeah. And if you can't, I would. I don't know if it's still. I'm sure it's still for sale. There was there was a uh, after XP, there was another one that was kickstarted in what 2017. Oh yes, I haven't heard too much about it. There well there was a there's the 25 25th anniversary editions from June 2019 by Mongoose Publishing. Red Clearance, the most recent edition, was announced through Kickstarter in 2014, and looks like they released it in March 2017. And then there's additional information or different additional writing for the new edition was initially provided by, oh, I think it's, there's an expansion called Acute Paranoia. Okay. So it's probably still in production in one form or another. It says it's supposed to have an early release in 2019. So obviously I'm reading the old (laughs) So I'm sure it's available now. Uh, They probably just haven't updated that page. If you don't, you can get Windows XP, I'm sure, uh, on eBay. Windows XP. Oh, well, did I say Windows XP? (laughs) paranoia xp or just paranoia as it was changed on ebay or other sources or used books uh the original game the the, the original box set it was a box set the first edition and second edition uh, i'm sure you can find those also on ebay i'm not sure how pricey they are red clearance is the one that was released in 2017 paranoia ah. red clearance paranoia red clearance so obviously they're still out there there's new editions out i haven't played the new edition uh, but I don't think it matters. I think uh, you can find an edition is the point. Yes, you can find an edition. You can find it and play it and have a lot of fun. So if you're looking for a new game, I would suggest or an old game in this case, <laughs> and you want to see your friends be paranoidly weird, then uh, and crazy. So there you go. Have fun playing. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. Have a good day.